Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful Monday. Even with everything that's happening with Corona and not being able to leave the house, I pray that you guys know that even while the world is still, God is still moving. He has not forgot about you. Just continue to take time to focus on prayer and peace. That's what I want you guys to take away most from this episode is to maintain your prayer life and maintain your peace. In the midst of all the chaos that's going on in the world, God still has a plan for you. God still has covering over you and he He's still with you. This is happening right now, but it will not be happening forever. So just continue to stay positive and take care of yourself during this time. So today's episode is going to be a little different. God placed it on my heart to have a special guest and to have her share her testimony with you guys. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. But before we introduce the the guest and dive into her testimony, I wanted to share with you guys something that I read while I'm doing the Proverbs challenge that I told you guys about, reading one chapter of Proverbs a day. And if you guys are doing this challenge, don't forget to tag me on Instagram at the Christian Bay Podcast if you post your scripture on your story so that I can see that you guys are doing the challenge with me. The other day I read Proverbs chapter 6 and the verse that stood out to me was verses 8 through 11 and it says, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter, but you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Sarcity will attack you like an armed robber. And I wanted to read that to you guys because I know a lot of people are trying to figure out what to do while you're in the house and sleep continuously takes over you. You take about 15 naps, you're eating snacks every five minutes, and it just seems like there's nothing to do. Guys, there is plenty to do. I want you to get serious about praying. I want you to get serious about your mental health. I want you to get serious about your purpose. What are you trying to show me in this season, God? Who can I be reaching out to and praying while I'm at home? What can I be planning for to do after this is over? Should I get together a connect group for depression? Because I remember I battled with that a year ago. Should I reach out to some organizations about doing a podcast or going on live and talking about anxiety? What way can I give back to the world to make it more peaceful right now? That's what I want you guys to focus on. Don't focus on being a lazy bone like the word says and just sleeping all day. God has you here on earth for a purpose. There's a problem that he wants you to solve and nobody else can solve it but you. But you will not solve that problem by sleeping all day. So I want you to pray to God today and ask God, what problem did you create me to solve? Show me the problem and show me how you want me to go about creating the solution to it. Okay, guys, not even creating the solution to it because God already has the solution. Ask him to guide you and show you how to get to the solution that he has your name on. 
So guys, as I promised, today I have a very, very, very special inter interview for you guys, a special guest that I'm so excited for you guys to meet. So without further ado, Karen, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Karen. Um, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I'm such a fan of how you are using, you are being a mouthpiece for the Lord, and I'm so thankful to be able to share on your platform today. Um, I am uh, a, a mom, that single mom that lives in San Francisco, California. I have two kids. Um, and, uh, but God has just done wonders in my life. Uh, and I have such a testimony of that I give him all the glory for every single thing that he's done. Um, cause he has changed my life. And I hope that through being able to tell you, um, how I built up my relationship with him, um, uh, and what he has done for me in my life that you can come to realize that if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Um, and that, uh, ultimately God is the one that's getting all the glory for everything. Yes. Um, Karen follows the bosses with Bibles, Instagram page, and I feel like my spirit led me to her page because God is doing a work within her, her presence. I haven't even met her in person, but her online presence is a reflection of God and just the gentleness in her words and the way that she speaks. And her whole persona is just a reflection of Christ. First Peter tells us to have a gentle and quiet spirit. And you should be able to see that in a person, even if it's just online, just by the way that they speak and the way that they're patient and the way that they work with you, you're able to see the God within them. And that's what I saw just from Karen's Instagram alone. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I want you guys to know the importance of your own online presence. People can feel God through your words, through your presence online, how you interact and engage with them. They can encounter God without ever meeting you in person. So I want you guys to be intentional with, uh, with how you carry yourself online because Karen is all the way in California and I felt God through her and I wanted her to meet you guys and to just pour her gems and pour her genuine spirit on the podcast. So Karen, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the Christian Bay podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I loved your new ebook and uh, I, God keeps bringing me and drawing me into women that are soaking up his word and living their life as he has called them to live it. And that is something so important in my life. So I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you so much for your feedback on the ebook. If you guys haven't already, head over to the website to purchase the How to Walk in the Wisdom of God ebook. Now, Karen, I wanted to ask you, how did you start your relationship with God? Um, uh, my relationship with God, I, I feel like it has, it's been a lifelong journey so far. Um, I know it sounds a little a little cute Christian to say, but it really started when I was when he was forming my life for me um, in the unseen uh, in the womb of my mother. Yeah. You know, he had this plan and this calling on my life, and um, I feel like sometimes we can forget that that's really ultimately why we why we are born, like why we. Uh, need to seek him and find out who he is our whole life. Um, and I, when I was, when I was born, I had, or I was born in, Cal or in Arizona, but lived in California. Um, I had my mom and my dad, and then I had a little sister 
my mother was my best friend. She was my cheerleader. She was my champion. However, I wasn't instilled a relationship with God from a young age. I remember going to Bible studies, some Bible school on the weekend sometimes, but my parents were at odds with their religion. So my mom was Seventh-day Adventist. My father was, was Catholic. So they were never able to really come to terms with which religion that we wanted. So therefore, it kind of kept God out of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and really opened up a way for me to not know where to seek and to find out who I would come to be and find out who my true identity was. Um, so um, when I was 12 years old, um, my mother and my sister and I uh, were in a car accident. Uh, and my mother was killed in the car accident that wow, day. I'm sorry um, And um, thank you. But it was, you know, and after that, I was just, I was just so heartbroken. Um, this was really the first time that I knew God was calling to me. I, I, well, I on the day that we buried her, um, it was raining, and I remember looking back and thinking of the very first funeral I ever attended for my great grandfather when I was like maybe like seven years old, and it rained. And my one of my aunties told me the angels cry for joy when a heaven when a soul goes to heaven. And on that day when we were burying my mother, uh, it, it rained, and I told my sister, the angels are crying because mommy went to heaven. And I had composed a whole little song list. Like, I'm a 90s baby, so I played, like, um, Fly Like <laughs> Fly like an Eagle by Seal, and I had Celine Dion because you, because you loved me. And I composed this so intimate moment, just the three of us, when we buried my mom after she had been cremated, because there's been so much pain and trauma that had happened over the past couple weeks um, with her death and then the family. So we just wanted to spend time with her alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember after the ceremony, it stopped raining, and I saw a rainbow in the sky. And I just, I tried to take it as, okay, heaven is happy. My mom went to heaven, okay. And I really tried to accept that that could be the truth, like that that was meant to be. But I just couldn't, I couldn't bury this this thing, this just this cry in my heart that it's an all-powerful God. If there is a God, why would you let this happen to me? Why would you take my best friend? Why would you, why would you let me have to endure this pain? And it really uh, almost stole my innocence in that moment because I didn't have anyone to tell me and to guide me to Jesus. I had no one to guide me and to teach me about God and who he was and to tell me his promises that he had for me to help me through such a time of, of turmoil and pain. Um, and then um, my dad moved us from, uh, we lived in the Bay Area, quite near San Francisco, where I live now currently. Um, and we moved to Arizona to be with my grandmother and um, his family for and I really felt like so thankful. My grandmother was a very devout Catholic woman, um, you know, right down to the Latina woman with the, you know, with the whole shrine in her room, all the candles. Um, it, she's a very devout Catholic woman, like praying the rosary, all of these prayers. And I thought, okay, now's the time I'm finally going to find God. She asked to have us baptized. So I was baptized. I went through all my classes. Um, but I just didn't, I didn't, nothing changed inside. I did all of the, you know, I, I did everything. I went to church. I, you know, I thought I was, I, I was praying, um, but I still felt nothing um, inside. No closer and deeper connection to God. So the next 
the next year, I was uh, I had met a friend through my Christian school that I was going to, and she just brought me to her church. Uh, it was a Christian church, uh, and I walked in, and I just thought this was so bizarre. Like everyone was singing, joyful, hands in the air, raised, really just. <laughs> And it was so different than anything I had ever seen. I was just standing there like, I didn't even sing. Like, like girl, if you can hear me, even now, when I praise the Lord, I am not on key. I am not one of those women that has been blessed with a voice from the Me angels. neither, girl. You know, like, like, I'm, like, I'm like, but you know what? Sing a joyful noise, okay? Exactly. Like, you know, I'm singing for God. So I felt so self-conscious, like, praising God? Like, I don't understand this. I was used to these very... Um, very monotonous, like, per, or kind of hit or songs in my in my Catholic church. Uh, but I was intrigued. Like, it sparked something in me. And I just saw my friend's passion for the Lord that I was like, gosh, I want that. Um, and I, I started going to her youth group. I remember we played lots of, like, fun games. I met a lot of kids that I went to high school with. Um, I started to hang out with her and her friends from church. Um, and it was a good time. But I was also a cheerleader in high school. So there was kind of this, like... There was kind of this um, strife I always had my whole life. Like, I felt like I was different. Like, I never quite fit in. Like, I just, there was always part of me that felt like I was just set apart. I didn't know why. I thought, okay, you know, my upbringing's a little different. You know, like, things I've been through. I didn't really understand why it was different. And so, uh, with with uh, my my Christian friend going to her youth group, we decided I, I asked to go to youth camp. So I went to the camp, and it was, like, five days long, um, and it was so fun. Uh, but then I remember it got serious. Like, we watched, we had a sermon, um, and then they gave me a, a pamphlet that said how to, how to know God in 30 days. And they sent me out into the, into the night in the middle of a, a field and told me, okay, go talk to God. And I was like, um. <laughs> Where do I start? Like, like, yeah, like, okay, like, crickets just going on crickets like but I didn't know that to really accept Jesus into my heart um that I would have to really like be honest and have like an admission not just and be able to admit to him that I had carried this with me my whole life like there was this root of bitterness that insidiously implanted in my heart and in my soul when I when I felt like God had betrayed me I, and we're not taught that it's okay to be, of course, we're going to feel angry with God sometimes. Exactly. I lost my mother. Of course I would feel angry. Of course mm-hmm. I would feel hurt. Of course I would feel lost and abandoned. Uh, but I didn't know I could feel that way. Like, no one had ever told me. Um, you know, I didn't know that. I, I thought I was in this alone. All the tears that I cried, uh, you know, I thought that I was in there alone. But, um, you know, there's a, just to pause and bring it and bring it into what's really helped me have this revelation is the smallest the shortest text in the bible but really just it has blown my mind is john eleven thirty five. jesus wept right it's after lazarus has has died and uh, you know he didn't come to him until after and when i sat there and i look back now it was like every time i was crying and weeping jesus was weeping with as well yes he also saw he saw my mother die I, it broke my it broke my heart. It broke his heart. He was there with me this whole time, but I had built up this wall against him, like he was somehow against me, like he did this to punish me, uh, or in some kind of way. And I didn't realize that 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 he was never it was never him. Like he was never the enemy. There was a calling on my life, 
Mm-hmm. And when I look back, it was not my mother that the devil was after. It was me. And the more that I've come to know God, to know God, the more that that's developed. Um, and so after that moment, I felt like I went out there. I put my heart. I poured my heart out. I thought, you know, I was like, "Hey, God. Hey, it's me. Um, hi. I'm supposed to be praying to you, but like, I didn't know what to say, and there was no feeling like in it, and I just didn't really understand. Um, I couldn't really fully let go and invite Jesus to take the throne of my heart. Uh, and after that, uh, it, it ended up just being a fun experience instead of a huge spiritual like awakening moment for me. And when I went back to school, it was like nothing had happened. You know, I decided to start seeking, um, really start seeking desires of the flesh in who I was hanging out with. I started going to parties. Um, I started, um, drinking at a, at a young age, like I started, um, you know, trying to seek validation from the world around me because I didn't know who I was. I didn't have any standards to set myself up to. And so I just wandered through high school, um, really just being disconnected and still feeling so different and so confused as to who I was. Um, and I really feel like there was that moment when we are all have to realize that heaven is fighting for our souls during this time of turmoil where everyone is lost and broken and scared and isolated. That is when the enemy wants to just find that part in you and just really entice you and call to you to feed into it. And the more you feed into it, you don't even realize that you're giving into that very sin that Jesus died on the cross to free us from. And it's almost like, and it's just, I say insidious because it just happens so strategically. Those lies that we start to accept about ourselves, like you're not good enough. No one will ever love you, Karen. You're, you know, like I didn't understand why boys didn't like me. I didn't understand why I was different. I mean, I lived in Arizona, and this is before the Kardashians made bodies and, and look, you know, thicker bodies look kind of cool, like they were accepted like I was like why is my body like this like I went from being a real stick figure kind of um and I was a gymnast to all of a sudden puberty hit and it was like boom boom I was like whoa I don't know what to do with all of this um and it really made me look at myself in a really negative way and I had to try and seek validation by trying to conform to the world around me because I didn't have something guiding me from within um, and this led me to go to college. You know, I tried to, I joined a sorority. I tried to, you know, make friends that, and, and, and I was just still seeking the same thing, this emptiness inside of my soul that was just deteriorating. Um, and I didn't know that the whole time God was fighting for me. Like he yeah. was just, he was calling to me. But the more I still these these carnal desires, the more I turn to a bottle, the more I turn to boys, the more I turn to using, you know, my body in a way to try and validate myself by getting the approval of men. All of that was distancing God's voice more and more. So it's like I, at one time, maybe I, you know, I could hear him. Now he was like just a muffled, it seemed like a muffled, very, very far voice. Like I didn't even know where he was at this point because I wasn't looking. I had, he was out of the picture. You know, like he, the enemy had been able to create a wedge in between us. And it really, and I didn't even know it was happening was why it's so, it, you don't understand how powerful the enemy can be with your mind and with your mind and your thoughts and how it can create that distance from God that can almost eternally separate you because now you're, 
you're, I'm living all for the world. Uh, and that didn't work. I ended up having to leave college because I was kicked out. I, I mean, I didn't really go to class. I was just there for all the wrong reasons. I went to, I ran, um, which was my, always my go-to move. I ran to San Diego. I met a boy. I fell in love. Um, and it was such a toxic and tumultuous situation uh, that it, it took another whole year of God just really taking things away, slamming a door, slamming a door, until it was like, I ended up uh, simultaneously, my parents had somehow moved from Arizona. My dad had, um, had been married and had a stepmom, or I had a stepmom. And so they had been, moved back to San Francisco, ironically. So I was like, okay, I'm going to flee and I'm going to leave there and go to San Francisco. But during all of this time, these things that had rooted in my heart, the bitterness, the resentment, had now turned into manipulation, um, it turned into anger, and they had just taken root in my heart. Um, and now I was becoming this person that wasn't even like a lover and a giver. I was the, I was the one that would break hearts. I was the one that so carelessly would hold them and throw them. Like, oh, you know, through, just spreading my toxicity like wildfire to any relationship that I was a part of and even breaking the hearts of my own family that wanted nothing but to help me. And I couldn't even see it. I couldn't see myself because part of what happens is like, we can't see ourselves. Right. You know, we can't, we have, when we look in the mirror is the only time we can see ourselves and we're surrounded by people that aren't going to tell us the truth. By our, that people that because going sometimes to be they don't even angle. really understand it themselves. They can't, they don't even know the yes. full truth to even tell us. Exactly. And that is exactly how I was living. I had no idea. I was the blind leading the blind. I had friends that were that were just all living in the same kind of sin and the same kind of world I was living in. And sin is really uh, falling short of the mark of God and like the calling that he has on our life. So I was like, I never thought, stopped to think, hey, maybe there's more to my life than this. It wasn't until uh, things were things were just being divinely moved that positioned me back in San Francisco. Uh, I had a boyfriend and we broke up and my stepbrother has moved in the same time. And I didn't know, but he introduced me to my future husband. Um, well, future ex-husband. So that, that, that will happen later on. Right. But, you know, we met and it was like a very just, I was this person that it, it was just like you said, you know, I had no idea of the truth. He had no idea of the truth. Our union was, like, not a holy union at all. Like, it was toxic. It was tumultuous. Like, but his heart was easily manip manipulated by me. Like, he, I could control his emotions by by just with this, with this bitterness and then just using all these toxic traits that I had developed that had just, I couldn't even see within myself. I was still a good person. Like, I still wanted to do good, but there was just part of me that I, I was so blind. I couldn't even see it. I had, you know, the scales over my eyes. I couldn't hear from God um, that we, you know, we ended up, I got pregnant um, with, with our, our daughter. Um, then we got married at City Hall when I was about seven months pregnant. I decided, uh, you know, just to, you know, we decided to get married. Uh, and I had a lot of problems uh, in my pregnancy towards the end. Um, and we had a lot of problems in our relationship right before uh, my daughter was born. And when she was born, um, she was born in respiratory distress. So what was supposed to be a beautiful moment, she was born just in turmoil. Yeah. Um, she couldn't breathe. She like They showed her to me, and she was blue. She wasn't breathing. They had to go and, and intubate her. Um, 
And I just know God was there and he breathed life into her and he saved her life. Um, and he had his angels down to, you know, to surround her. And I was just so broken and so sad that I couldn't see the miracle standing in front of me. Just like when I, my mother was killed in the accident, I was so bound by sadness and bitterness. I couldn't see the miracle standing in front of me. I survived that. My daughter has survived. My daughter was the miracle standing right in front of me. And I was just so in so much anguish, like, how could this happen? But I had to be strong. Yeah. So it's like I just numbed all this pain. I sucked it up for her. And she would end up spending two and a half months in the hospital. Um, she was so ill that she had to leave with a, in, with a feeding tube permanently implanted into her stomach so she could eat, which she still has to this day at eight years old. Um, and she had to leave on oxygen that gave her constant airflow to be able to breathe because she was not able to fully breathe on her own. Um, and so there was like this humbling um, surrender that yeah. I had to take on as a mom, you know, as a new mom, as a new wife. Um, and I was just trying to carry all of the weight on my own. I didn't turn it over to God. Like, I didn't even ask him. I didn't really um, invite him into it. I knew he was there, and I would kind of cry out to him. Like, kind of like how the Israeli, I kind of cried out. God would come through. Then they'd go back and start wandering the and meddling in their yeah. own things again. Yeah, and call back to him again, and he would always come through, and that was the kind of relationship I had with God. Like, I needed something, he would come through, then I'd kind of forget about him and ride out on my own horse for a while. So, um, it was a very, it was a very hard time. Um, Sienna was so sick, and, and at just shy of a year old, she got pneumonia. Um, and she got a hole in her lungs from this pneumonia, and I remember in the hospital, they told me to call the priest. And I said, hmm, okay, we called the priest, and I just got down on my knees, and I begged God. I said, please, God, spare her life. Please take my life, not hers. And I begged him. I begged him. Uh, and the priest came, and we had her baptized in the hospital there while she was intubated in an induced coma for five days. Um, and then the day after, she just started to become stronger, and they couldn't believe it, the, you know, when they told us to call a priest, they said call a blessing, you know, like she wasn't mm -hmm. going to make it through the night. But they didn't know the power of God. Exactly. Like, they didn't know that this was the same God that helped her to walk, that would help her to do all the things they never said. And she got so strong to the point where they're like, we can't find any medications, any drugs strong enough to keep this child asleep. We need to wake her up. It's becoming, like, she wants to wake up. We, we can't, we've never seen a little girl fight so hard. Um, and... And she lived, and she grew, and although there was a lot more setbacks over the years, um, she's been in and out of the hospital ever since. You know, she gets pneumonia every year, which is why I pray for her, um, and I pray over her fervently during this time, um, because, but I also don't live in fear, because I've seen the miracles of in God. In the power of God, um, yes. And, yes, and I've seen it. I've stood in, I've stood in the miracle, uh, and during this time, I also gave birth to my son. Um, and he is now five years old, um, and he was really kind of the, felt like the missing piece to our family. Uh, he was born wailing, like she was born, she couldn't even cry, and he and she, you know, she still doesn't talk to this day. But he was like a powerhouse, you know. He was wailing. Um, he was like every. It's like God restored everything that I felt like I had lost in the birth of my daughter yes. because she was born in. I had to mourn the the loss of this 
of this birth that I thought I was going to have, of this life I thought my daughter was going to have, and ex- and had to accept this new life that was reality. Um, and my son has just been such a blessing um, to the family in helping his sister and becoming such a little light um, for her and for me, um, especially during the time that would lead to her dad and I separating. Um, you know, and we were very happy, or so I thought, but there was just like still something inside of me that felt dead inside. Like part of me, it wasn't enough. My own children weren't enough. There was still like a hole inside of my heart. And I just didn't know what it was. Um, I thought my kids could fill it. I thought that there could be like so many different ways I could fill it, but I really was just, I, I couldn't. And it, and I think the suffering hadn't been my own. The suffering had been that of my daughter that I also had to suffer. And I hadn't really suffered my own personal suffering since I was a little girl with my mother. Mm -hmm. So when my husband stepped out on our marriage and then decided to leave, um, I felt like that was a big, that was my suffering. That was when it became, I became obsessed with trying to like get revenge, like find out who this person, who, who she was, like get revenge on him, like that it started to consume me. And I was just powerless. It just, all of those things inside of me were just eating away at my heart. And the enemy was just feeding, I was just feeding those, those um, demons inside of me. And I didn't even know it. And then it came to the point where like now, because our marriage was never based on a truth, of, of God. Right. I didn't have a truth of God. My ex-husband didn't have a truth. So our marriage was outside of the covering of God. Mm-hmm. To be honest, like it was outside of God's will, but he turned it all for good with my beautiful children. And I don't doubt that for a minute, but can I honestly say that it was God's will? Was it under the covering of God? Did he bless that marriage? I don't know because everything about it was outside of the will of God, was outside of the truth that is in the word of God. And I didn't know that because I had no idea what the truth was. I didn't really care to. I just made my own truth, you know, like based upon the circumstances. Um, and so we, it, and we were that, so our covenant was easily severed by the exactly. enemy because neither one of us had God to cover us. And as a wife, I didn't know this was spiritual warfare. Like now I know what I know now. I know where to go. I know how to pray. You know, I know what to do when I feel spiritual warfare around my family. When I feel it thick in the air and I wake up at 3 a.m., I know to go to my prayer closet. I know to get on my knees. I know how to fight these battles. And I know how to pray for the souls because that's what that's what the enemy was after. Exactly. You know, that's what... And I had no idea. So, you know, it ended up us fighting each other, thinking he's my enemy, which led to us being, um, you know, us getting into a huge fight one day that turned into a very dark place, um, resulting in me, lead, uh, you know, us being irreconcilable at that point. Um, and then I ran, as I always do. But this time I went to the beach, and I and I asked God for help. And I heard him whisper, like, the waves of the, of the water that were like, Karen, it's time to go. And I was just like, okay. And I left, and we left to San Francisco, and I took the kids. Um, he wouldn't see them for a couple months because of everything that was happening in and out of court and things that were just so dark. It's such a hard time for our family. But, um, you know, we stayed with my family for a couple months until it became clear that God told me again, you need to move. He showed me um, that I had to leave. And this time we had nowhere to go, so we went to the family shelter. 
in San Francisco. And we lived there for four months. And this is where I really learned to kind of trust God um, a little bit more. Like, I, I, I just had to. You know, I had to trust that he brought me there for a reason. He wasn't going to leave me there. And, you know, my kids were scared. They didn't know what to do. But that's where we really started healing. Um, you know, they started seeing their dad again. I started praying for him every single day. And I think praying for someone is really an act of, it's an act of love. Um, it's love in action. And, um, and I prayed for his soul. I prayed for his heart. Um, but I wasn't really praying for myself in the same way. Like I was, uh, I had, you know, I started walking with God. So I thought, okay, um, I, I didn't really understand that I, there was still so much inside of me. So four months later, we got our own apartment, and God came through for me. He He came through on His promises that He made to me, and I was so thankful. And I just knew that it was God. I just knew that it was Him, and I and He and He was like, "Baby girl, you made it," you know. And I was like, "Yes!" Like I just was so thankful. But I mean, how did I repay Him? You know, we got our apartment a couple weeks. I was like, the kids would go to their dad's house every weekend. I was like, eh, I have my own place now. Like, this is fine. I can have friends over. I can start having a life. You know, I started feeding my flesh again. And it went back to that, um, that I started down this dark path once again. Okay. Um, so, um, there was, it was, you know, I just started to seek the wrong the same wanted the same healing in the wrong places again so and I just feel like I have this problem of waiting on God like I'm like okay God can give me what I want but then I'm like ah, I, yeah, I think like, we all get impatient again. we get impatient with the promise that's yes. what it is and that's so hard that's what's hard to fight um and so I started to stray but I was still open enough to hear his voice so I, I stopped and then I got into the word I started to spend the next couple months like really like opening my bible I'd never done that before you know um I would uh, YouTube actually became like a huge teacher for me sermons and pastors from all over you know I have full access to so I stopped watching like you know my reality shows and I traded it in for the word of God like I traded it in to surround myself even if it's not physically um with people that were teaching so we're teaching me something that was going to fill my soul, fill my spirit, and teach me how to live my life in inside the will of God, like why I wanted to do that. And I started to really learn. And I started to build this intimate relationship with God. You know, I created space in my closet. I had my prayer closet. I put up all my power prayers. I started to really get into um, getting a prayer life. And I think that that's a huge part. Um, that's something I really recommend. you got to have that fire prayer life. you got to have that place you go and you close the door and you go in secret and you get it all out um, and you fight it all out there. So um, you, that's how you can really put on the full armor of God. So during that time, I felt like I had so much growth. I was like, okay, I'm wearing the full armor of God. You know, I, I, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the head. I am not the tail. You know, I stop on the head of the serpent. I was like, okay, I got this. Yeah. And then I was let back out into the wilderness. Like I thought I was ready to go back out, but I still had a lot of blind spots inside of me because I hadn't repented. I hadn't addressed all those things that were still ferreting my heart, that were still taking a throne and had become idols on my heart that were blocking me from being able to fully accept God as the one and only true, um, in Jesus, the one and only true king of my heart. And I hadn't addressed that. So then that's all like the door like that I kind of left open that the enemy could use to just kind of swing open and penetrate right there into that exact 
spot that he could see because he doesn't play fair. He sees that little blind spot inside of you, and that's exactly where he's going to go. He, play, exactly. he sees that weakness. Yes, he sees that weakness. He sees, oh, Karen's lonely. Karen has this, she has this manipulation. She has this, like, tactic. Um, you know, and a lot of it was tied to not loving myself and not knowing who I was and, and finding reckless, you know, trying to find love in the arms of all these men or boys. That could never really love me. And we'll call them boys. That could never love me. Like, they were the wrong arms, you know, that I was seeking. Um, and and then the partying and the just surrounding myself with, fit, with, with so much sin, just really going all in with the debauchery, like, with the just down this whole life. Like, I was just gone. Like, all I had was an ember of flickering light as I went out and God was like, this is what you want, Karen? Because I could hear God's voice clearly but by now. You know, like I could mm-hmm. hear him like when, when, when he called to Adam after Adam sinned and at least Adam answered him, you know, he was brave enough to answer him. I just ignored God. I was like, I knew that there was a calling on my life. I knew this was a setup, but yet I was like, I don't want to answer the call right now, God. I'm kind of having fun doing what I'm doing. Like I'll answer the phone later. I'm busy, you know, call block. And it was that choice that God will let us. You, you shared this in your ebook that sometimes, you know, like sometimes we can go. And I've come to learn, you know, I've come to learn like that God will let us have what we want. Like he will let us go on our own self will and see how far that gets us. Exactly. Like, okay, go ahead, girl. You think you want like, this? Go Let's ahead. see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think this is what's best for you. All right. But that's how powerful his love and his grace and his mercy are because that that's like what we don't deserve it. I'm just straight up walked away from him and it wasn't only until one bad decision led to another led to another led to another that it landed me up in my own pit of hell like I was imprisoned in my own shame my own guilt like all of these things that I carried and I found myself just after door after door slammed shut in front of my face you know I I God gave me a job I I I I lost it I pretty much threw things away to self-sabotage and then this last time it was like he sat me down and it was like I couldn't get out of this room like I was that was it this was the end of the road and I knew that God it was God though because I saw a rainbow and I thought back to that same day then we buried my mother and I saw that rainbow the first rainbow I ever remember seeing and it was like I feel like a rainbow is like a covenant between God and I the same like covenant of old that he made with Noah after the flood like that's like every time I see a rainbow I know it's God and I saw it and I was like okay God I know you're with me and you know I sat there and like you know sometimes we're our own worst prisoners we put ourselves in this prison you know and what did I do like I praised him in the pit I praised him in the pit and just like, you know, and just like Paul and Silas, right, that's right, mm-hmm. uh, the, the walls came down and I was in, in, the chain started to come off, you know, and I was able to really look at myself in the mirror like, okay, I really started to look and see and, and, and look at those things in my heart and I realized that I had given I had given bondage. I had connected myself to like these addictions that I just couldn't even see because they would been been part of who I was for so long. They were um, like blind spots. And I had, yes, they were the blind spots. Mm-hmm. And I had been praying this dangerous prayer that like God would crucify my heart. And I, I always pray Psalm one thirty nine twenty three. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm-hmm. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on along the path of everlasting life. But that's a dangerous prayer. Like when you pray that, like you have to be ready for God to reveal things about he yourself really that you don't want to know. Your heart. Exactly. Because he's really going to yes. examine it and show you you. Yes. Yes. And that is something that you, that's why you need to know who God is to back up what, to, to give you a safety net to fall on when he reveals to you all these things about you. Like, I didn't want to hear, you're still bitter, okay? You're manipulative, okay? Like, yes, you're a great person. Like, he could see the good in me. He knew my heart, but he could see all those spots on it that were blackened, mm-hmm. that were deep-rooted in things that needed to go. And that's when my road to recovery, like, really started, uh, you know, in, in all parts of my life, in my mental health, my spiritual health, in my physical health. Like, I started to just seek God again. Like, um, And it's like when you go off astray, it's like the moment you turn your eyes back towards God, it's like he's still there for you. Arms wide time, open. Yes. And mm-hmm. he, it's like he welcomed me home. He was like, baby girl, thank you. <laughs> like, it was like, it was like he cried. I wept. Jesus wept, you know, like they were, he was welcome to have me home. And like, and I clear out my heart like that every single day. And that is what's been able to me to create space to invite Jesus in to become the king of my throne, on the throne of my heart, because I didn't fully understand that like, he is what I hungered for my whole life. He is the bread of life. He is the everlasting water. You know, by his stripes, we are healed. I didn't understand what that really meant like I until I had my own personal suffering that's what made me pick up my own cross and walk to my own crucifixion you know and then when I did that when I was willing to surrender it all to lay down and and put to death the old me I was reborn with a sober mind with peace in my heart with joy and I went public and I was like rebaptized um in January of this year um and I felt like I left all that shame and Behind all of that, yeah. all of those things in that water that day. And then I just felt like it was like that moment, like, this is my daughter for who I'm welcome. Like how he told Jesus, like that same mm-hmm. resurrecting power, like, but you have to create that space for Jesus to enter. Then he is the direct lifeline that can now invoke the, the washing down of the Holy Spirit to come and fill every single part of your heart and your soul and every single part of your being and really become your guide, almost like Jiminy Cricket, you know, like the people that aren't believers, I tell them, oh, that little Jiminy Cricket, like that, that feeling, like, it's kind of like, that's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And I tell my son that, you know, and that's why, um, and that's really how I grew to know, grew in this deep relationship with God. That's really how I built this intimacy. It was one surrender after another surrender. Um, and it was just so beautiful because he waited for me. And then I finally knew who God is. Like, God is my righteousness. God is my sanctifier. God is my healer, my shepherd, my provider, my banner of victory and my peace, and God is always there. He was there from the first tear I ever cried. He was there on all my heartbreaks. He was there weeping with me, weeping with me, feeling with me. He was in the trenches fighting with me, not against me. You know, the same way that my daughter fights me sometimes with her autism. She headbutts me and pulls my hair, and she gets so frustrated because she can't communicate. That's like how it feels when you get that lifeline cut off from God. Mm -hmm. And I can look at her, and I'm like, God, help me. Please, God, help me. And then he reaches down, and he gets in the fight with us. And he's covering us, and he's loving on us. And when my son is has 
you know, trauma from what he's experienced or he has these nightmares and he's like, mommy, I'm scared. I'm like, you know what, where can you go? Who's always with you? And he's like, Jesus, God, he knows. And he knows that Jesus lives inside of his heart. He knows too. And I even teach him when he does something, I'm like, you need to go talk to God about that, little man, because. You know, like, God saw what happened at school, so he'll tell me the truth about things. Just because, like, I can't hide from God. I can be, like, even a little bit of gossip is a little bit of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it feeds that old me that I tried to put to rest. So, like, the best advice that I can give for really building your relationship with God is just being willing to surrender daily, even if it's all day, all day. Like, the moment I catch myself having an, having an impure thought, having, you know, having things that are outside of I know what's God's will and I just and I go to him first for everything before I go to a girlfriend before I do anything I know that he's the one I need to go to first but also surround yourself with that wise counsel that can help you through these times and let him the moment you surrender and you repent and you really admit all the faults that you that you know you know you're doing then he can take every he can take all of that and he can work it he can cut off all the branches prune you and he can like extract you like an olive you know and squeeze out all the the oil all the oil that's been anointed on your life and he can get and all everything else is gone um and and it's just I think God is so intentional with everything that he does, because as you guys know from listening to the podcast, this is the first time that I've ever done an interview like this. I just wanted Karen to share her testimony. That's why from the beginning of this episode, you're you're hearing me. Okay, Karen, how did you start your relationship with God? Share your testimony. And I know it was spirit led and it was intentional because us recording this episode, this is my first time hearing her whole testimony. And if you guys have been listening with me for a while, you guys know that my dad died when I was three months. So I never even got to meet him at all or have a conversation or anything like that. So listening to her testimony and hearing what she went through at 12 years old, I can relate to that feeling angry with God because for me, it was like, God, you robbed me before I even got to say my first word. You took him away. So Why would you allow something to happen like that? And then later on in life, I realized that it did play a role in my relationships, in my marriage, whereas I was rejecting love. Like you talked about being a toxic one and not caring and just throwing hearts around. I did that all throughout high school. It was I didn't grow up having love from a man, so I don't really need it. So even though you're giving it, I'm just going to accept it when I want it. But when I don't want it, I'm going to throw you to the side because this is just a game for me. And all of that clarity, like, like she said, I didn't even know I was being that toxic person. That clarity came from sitting in God's presence and him showing me that like, if you continue to be like this, you're going to ruin your marriage. Like you are the toxic one. Like you're, you're, you're not seeing the value in love. You're not seeing the value in letting your wall down and letting love in. And that came from thinking back to what I experienced at three months old from losing my father and then letting God examine me and really show me my heart, show me the toxic parts of me that I was trying to fill with my decisions of, I don't really need you. So you could be replaced tomorrow. You better act right. All of that was operating from a pain of hurt and emptiness and never experiencing the true love that God wants us to experience. So hearing her testimony 
it was just confirmation that God is intentional with everything that he does, guys. Like this interview, her sharing her testimony on this episode, this was all God's plan. And I know that this episode is going to reach whoever it needs to reach. And while Karen was speaking, I wrote down some things that I want you guys to write down and really keep in your heart. The first thing that stood out to me, it's not even the first thing that stood out to me, but I just summed it down to three, is that she found her healing in a shelter when they didn't have a place to stay and they went to a shelter, that's where her healing came from. And you guys know, I've been posting on Instagram that beasts are made in the wilderness and the wilderness is often a place that you don't want to be. It's an uncomfortable place. It's not an ideal place. A shelter isn't an ideal place. People being out of work right now, that's not an ideal situation. Us having to stay in the house and can't see friends, that's not an ideal situation. It's a wilderness, but that's where God creates healing. That's where he reveals to us parts of us that we need to work on and parts of us that he wants to activate and anoint within us our purpose. All of that is produced in places that are not ideal. That shelter, she began to pray for her enemies, which the word tells us. She says she prayed for her ex-husband. And she explained to us that praying is um, praying is love in action. I want you guys to write that down as well. Praying is love in action. Um, it's very important to think about these things as we're sitting in the house during COVID-19. It's a lot of things that you guys can be working on internally. A lot of people are saying they don't have anything to do. There's plenty for you to do. Healing happens in the wilderness, in a shelter. Praying is something that you can do for someone to show your love for them in action. So those are the first two things that I wrote down. And the last thing that I wanted you guys to really pay attention to was when she said the enemy um, is powerful in trying to manipulate our mind and our thoughts. He knows our weak places and he tries to play on those places to push us farther from God. And that's how he creates that wedge. So in this season, in this time that we're experiencing COVID-19 and we're at home, evaluate your thoughts. Make sure you're praying and asking God to align your thoughts with his will, with his word and what he wants you to be doing. Ask him to examine your heart. Like she said, ask him to examine why do you do the things that you do? Are you pushing away love? Are you pushing away those closest to you? Have you been shut out for love because of the pain from your past that you never sat down to heal or face? Really take this time to put these three things into action. And I purposely chose three things that you can do at home. You can experience the healing in your shelter. You can pray and express love for somebody through prayer at home. And you can evaluate your thoughts and take back control of your mind because that's where the enemy tries to have a field day. That's why so many people talk about anxiety and depression because the enemy is taking control of their mind and their thoughts. So I wanted to give you guys three things that you can do in your home that can help you not only strengthen your relationship with God, but create a better person within yourself in your everyday interactions, whether it's at work or in your business or in your relationship with your children. These three steps will help you spiritually and physically. So I pray that you guys wrote down all of the other gems that Karen dropped with us. Karen, I want to thank you so much for sharing your testimony because this is just confirmation that it was God's plan because there are so many things that you said that stood out to me and related to my testimony that I know you probably didn't even know yourself. And it just shows how God is so intentional. You're all the way in California. We're in a different time zone. And yet God still made this happen to where we're recording this podcast and we're connecting on a spiritual level through the sharing of our testimony. 
So thank you so yes. much, Karen, for being a guest. Oh, thank you. And can oh, you, God is so good. He is. And can you give the listeners some information of where they can follow you on social media or get in contact with you? Oh, you can follow us on Instagram um, at Karen Photo Booth, K-A-R-Y-N-S Photo Booth. Um, and then also you can follow us on YouTube um, under Karen, K-A-R-Y-N, um, and Brasmos, be like Victor, R-A-P-I-M-O-S. Um, thank you so, so much for having me. It's been such a blessing. You're welcome. And before we finish the podcast, I would just like to, we always pray out, but I also would like to pray over you and your son and your daughter. So I wanted to know, um, your son and your daughter's name. Uh, Sienna is my daughter and Preston is my son. Sienna and Preston. Yeah. All right, guys, let's pray out. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for blessing us with another day, Father God. We want to thank you for your ways, Father God. Your word tells us that your ways are far above our ways, Father God. We can't even develop the thought that aligns with your thought, Father God, because you're so far ahead of time, Father God. You are the beginning and the end, Father God. And we don't always understand the ways that you move, Father God. But what we do know is that all things work together for our good, Father God. So I just want to thank you for allowing your Holy Spirit to guide me to care and Father God, to allow me to be obedient, to reach out to her and ask her to share her testimony. Father God, when I was conducting the email to send to her, I didn't even know what to put in the email because I'm just like, I never done an episode like this before. I don't even have any questions that I want to ask her. I just want to hear her testimony. I just want her to share her testimony because I know that there's healing and there's anointing in it, Father God. And just like your Holy Spirit led me to think this is it now in the flesh, Father God, it's happening. And I pray that it's blessed the ears of every person listening, Father God. I pray that Karen's words and my words were laced with hope, Father God, laced, laced with faith, Father God, to let the listeners know that if you're in a shelter, if you're going through a dark time, if you're going through a divorce, if you're going through a health issue, if you just lost a parent, Father God, that you are still with them. Your presence is still wrapped around them, Father God. You have not forgotten, Father God. Jesus wept when we wept, Father God. I thank you for the knowledge that you've placed within Karen, Father God. And I also want to thank you for Sienna and Preston, Father God. I want to thank you for the calling that you've placed over their life, Father God. I want to thank you for shielding and protecting them every day of their life, Father God. I pray that they grow up to be powerhouses in the kingdom of God. I rebuke and I send back to the pits of hell any traps that the enemy tries to put in their way, Father God. I know that you cover your children, Father God, and I just ask that you give me the ability to intercede on behalf of the children, Father God, and demand their purpose to come forth, Father God. Demand your power to be activated in them, Father God. Demand your Holy Spirit to run wild throughout them, Father God, and create the kingdom kids that you called them to be, Father God. We thank you for Karen and her strength. We thank you for the words of her testimony, Father God, because this is just the beginning of what you have for her, Father God. Her testimony will reach and it will free nations, Father God. And I thank you for allowing me to come in contact with a soul as genuine as hers, Father God. We thank you for this podcast and this platform, Father God. And we ask that you anoint it, Father God, and that you give it grace to reach the place that you want it to reach, Father God. We thank you and we love you and we will forever praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Christian Bay Podcast. Don't forget to follow me at the Christian Bay underscore. I love you guys and I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.